What's up, everyone? This is Press X to Review. Press X Star Podcast is the audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. Restore justice for the underrepresented programmers, developers, and consumers. Today, we are celebrating the PlayStation 5's one-year anniversary. We're a little late. With a one-year-in review of the PS5. Uh, the highlights that we're going to go through for this. First, we're going to, as I said, review the PS5 in its first year. Um, we're going to, you know, talk about the exclusives, talking about its high points, its low points. And then the second part, we're actually going to build a list of the top 10 games you need to play if you're lucky enough to grab one this holiday season. With all that being said, I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices. And I am Avery. Here to talk about the PlayStation 5. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> With that being said, we can jump into the stats of the PS5 before we actually have this conversation. All right. So, uh, as I said, we were a little late. Uh, the PS5 launched in November and started at $399 US. That was the digital edition. And then the normal edition was $4.99. When PlayStation 5 first um, showcased uh, their stuff, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a digital edition that you can get, and you don't have to have a disk drive. It's going to be future-focused, and it's going to be great. And then there's this other system that you can get that has disk drive. It's a little more expensive, but, you know, that's for people who like the physical stuff. And then when they actually released the consoles, there was barely any digital versions. Avery, where are all digital versions go? Well, I'm of two minds of this. There is the idea that the digital version just sold out faster. Mm. Or there's the iteration that they want you to continue buying disc games, which I'm also of two minds are. It's more uh, consumer-friendly with disc-based media, as is Mm. PlayStation wants you to buy only digital games because they control all the profits from that. They don't have to right. share anything. They don't have to deal with any of that. So they want you to get the digital version. Uh, but it's more consumer friendly to get the disc version. And in an era where they talked about backwards compatibility with this system, nothing would be more hard to stand up to that statement than to be like, if you've got disc, they're useless. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I'm still a little jaded because I wanted the digital version. I was... Um, gung-ho about not having ever have to put in a disc into my ps5 and as is right now i haven't had to put a disc in my ps5 but i had to buy the um the standard edition because there was no digital editions available at also i just realized this no bundle is going to be sold with the discless version that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, my PS5, I had to buy the GameStop bundle that had Call of Duty World War Two and Miles Morales came with both discs, both yeah. in disc form. So like GameStop is not going to sell a discless bundle. That's a really solid point. I didn't even think about that. And then PlayStation discontinued the whole being able to sell digital games to like voucher programs at mm-hmm. like GameStop and things. They can't even bundle digital versions of those games with those consoles. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's a really solid point. Like, huh. Hmm, well, all right. Well, um, Sony was successful where they sold uh, 13.4 million PS5s to date. Um, 
And they did this while being impacted with the whole COVID uh, pandemic and the supply chain being constrained and all this stuff. Uh, you know, that led to a lot of um, people, us included, being upset because the bots and the, the, the scammers really um, jumped up and like, oh, we're going to we're going to make sure we get all this stuff so we can sell it at a. I didn't get my PS5 till March, I think. So I was like a full yeah. six months of it being on the market before I could get my hands on one. Yeah, I think I got mine in either February. No, got, no, no. We got ours around the exact same time. Yeah, so I yeah, text, yeah. I remember right. texting you like, dude, I finally got mine. Then you showed me yours to come in. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, tough times. It um, built a real uh, real camaraderie with, with everyone. And, and what camaraderie? Building the team. Marcus also got one, didn't tell me. <laughs> I had to find out by going with my PS4. Like, wait, this motherfucker's playing with a PS5. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, that was hilarious. I was just like, Marcus, you just played Overwatch. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need this. Oh, my girlfriend got it for me. Well, fuck your girlfriend, too. God damn it. She also told me. Annie, I didn't mean that. I value you as a friend. So, yeah. Um, uh, to date, they've released a number of exclusives, including Demon Souls. Um... <clears throat> That's available on that, like, their little Game Pass thing, right? Where they had a bunch of games that no. were... No, you're right. No, it's not. It's not. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Demon's Souls, they had Destruction All-Stars. They had uh, Ghost of Shima Director's Cut. There's Death Stranding Director's Cut. There's MLB The Show 21. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Returnal. They had the Neo Collection. Um, and they had... Neo 1 and 2 remastered. So there was a couple of games that were out there. Um, you know, uh, of that list. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, are, are we talking specifically for PS5 exclusives or PS4, PS5 exclusives? That's a good question. Uh, we can, we'd, have mean, to take, we'd, ha- uh, we'd have to take off MLB the show because that also came out on PS4 as well as well. Xbox. So it's not really an exclusive anymore. Uh, yeah, and then Ghost Miles Sh- Morales as well. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. And I believe Death Stranding both direct. No, no, they're discussing specifically for the PS5 version. That's correct. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, it it feels kind of weird talking about this, but not talking about um, Miles Morales because that like that was released on the PS4, but a lot of people waited for the PS5 version or waited till they got a PS5 to play that version. (laughs) I'm still waiting. (laughs) But you have both things. (laughs) I know. Man, um, so yeah, like they they've released a number of these games. Um, you know they've done very well. Uh, Ratchet and Clank has actually had the highest Metacritic score at eighty eight, and Destruction All Stars has the lowest at sixty two. Uh, like a little sidebar. Um, we did a uh, fantasy league, and I think. Yeah, Avery, you weren't on when. Yeah, no, because so. there were there were two realities. If I was on there, I would have either won or lost horribly. <laughs> so you rather than me or Cam? That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I, uh, on a whim, they did a deep dive in the Destruction All Stars, and I was like, "Oh, this can actually be a sleeper hit. Let me put this on my league." And when that thing came out, I tell you, destroyed my list. Absolutely destroyed my list. Like I got. <laughs> like negative seven points from that because it was below a 70 and it was like a 63 on on open critic or something like that so upset i'm still upset 
But anyways, let's have a conversation about the PS5. Um, Avery, yes. overall, what's, what's your feelings on the console itself? I, I like it. I mm-hmm. am not in love with it, but that's more or less my issues with is more of a software issue than a hardware issue. Mm-hmm. I love the controller. I like, I like the DualShock 4. I think the DualSense shits on that controller in terms of just overall presentation. As much as I, yeah. as much as I don't like it going to a more Xbox 360 controller body, I think mm-hmm. combination of that with the traditional PlayStation control scheme works perfectly, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. The console is relatively quiet. I'm always right next to my console, so I, like, I will always hear that thing. So when I'm using a disc, it makes noise. When I'm using a disc, it's relatively quiet. So I'm super happy about that. Uh, there's a little stickiness when it comes to menus. Yeah. But in terms of like actually navigating through it, it's way faster than PS4. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm impressed with the console. I'm not in love with it, but I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying my experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much very similar to you. Like I overall really like the console. I think uh, when I compare my first year with the PS4 versus my first year with the PS5, of course, it's just a noticeable improvement. I was not ever really a fan of the, um, the XMB, the cross media bar on the PS4. And I think I, (laughs) I overall like the upgrade in the UI with the PS5, although there's there's some sticking points that I also have. We'll talk about that in our next section. But uh, overall, I think it's really intuitive, sort of intuitive with some of the things in terms of like, okay, let me go jump to this game. Let me jump to this game. Oh, let me go back to my homepage and jump to another game. Um, the controller, I am of two minds. Uh, I was the most critical about the controller. I thought it looked horrible. Um I'm a little uh, higher than that now after actually holding it and playing it. Um, overall, I like the controller. I like what the DualSense does in certain aspects in terms of the adaptive triggers and the um, specialized rumble features that it has. I think it's cool when it actually when it's turned on and it's like working at its potential. Um, I think my experience with the PS5 has been kind of interesting because overall i think when i'm playing a ps5 game like um ratchet and it's like pumping out the graphics and it's just like all the the rumble is doing stuff the adaptive triggers and doing stuff it's like great but then when i'm playing like a normal ps4 game like gundam i actually had to turn off the adaptive triggers because it was actually kind of detrimental to my gameplay is there adaptive triggers in Apex? No, Apex is a PS4 game. They have okay, not released okay. the next-gen version of that game yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I'm not mad, hey, though. I, got, I get 60 frames now, which I don't notice, but I get 60 frames now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think, um, like, looking at the controller, because, you know, the console does the one thing. It, it plays games, whereas the controller has to be more flexible. I am really happy with it i just it's one of the things where i feel like they made maybe a more big of a deal about the controller than it probably should have been but um yeah overall like i'm having a good time with the consoles um i guess on the flip side i'll just go ahead like my criticisms though i'll start with the controller 
for some reason, the thing just slips out of my hand. Like, I feel like the PS4, I had an issue with it being slippery. I feel like the grip of the PS3, I think it had that. Like, I don't know. For some reason, like, it just... No, because I think the PS4, the bottom of it had, like, the little grip, right? The black part of it? Or no? I haven't touched a PS4 controller in, like, half a year now, so I can't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, 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 All yeah. I know is that the PS5 grip has got little crosses, circles, and squares, and triangles in it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's a cool detail, but it does it. It just, it completely slips out of my hand. Like, there'd be times where I'd be playing Gundam, and, like, I would, like, die or something, and I would just kind of put my hands down, and the controller would just slip out of my hand and hit the ground. I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's expensive. I can't let that do this. <laughs> I think if if I'm comparing my memories, I think the original PS4, the DualShock 4, had more, like, a uh, cylinder-like uh, handles. Well, this has a more curved and more... yeah like uh more curved shape so I, I even though i think that's like a really minor nitpick i can 100 percent see the way this controller is shaped slipping out of my hand if i even loosen my grip a little bit right yeah yeah like the controller is built for throwing like <laughs> i don't know how else to explain <laughs> but um yeah so like that's that like the controller works great i still wish they kept the and this is just a small thing i still wish they kept the colors on the buttons because i, I like it's one of those things yeah. where, yeah, right? Like, yeah. that would have been, like, the nice little pop of color on the control itself. And also, in games, they had to change their uh, description of the buttons to just, like, white and, and black, essentially. Because they can't do colors anymore because there's no color on the controller. But, yeah. Uh, in terms of the console, the UI specifically, I, as much as I like it and as much as I feel like it's partly intuitive... There was a lot of um, fumbles when it came to uh, pressing and holding the, the PS button and what it does on the PS5 versus what it does on the PS4. Um, the card system, I've, I've played my PS5 pretty much every day because of Gundam. And like, I still don't really understand the card system. <laughs> I think the card system is not as intuitive as they want it to be, as in, yeah. especially when. You're playing, uh, how, do I, how do I say this? Because I, I think it's a cool idea. It's just not mm-hmm. as intuitive as it needs to be. Like when I pull right. it up and I'm in a level, and I like, for me as someone who likes trophies, nothing mm-hmm. annoys me more than pulling up, my, uh, pulling up the cards and not seeing any of the trophies that I would be organically trying to get. Mm-hmm. And like, especially mm-hmm. like if I'm in a level and the level says, hey, do X for X to get this. It's level specific. The fact that the right. card for that trophy doesn't show up in the cards when I pull it up is kind of insane and then uh. i think an issue with the cards i find is that and I, I need to do more research into how they're built if whether playstation is mandating how these are built or like the studio itself has to figure out how they're uh, built is like yeah. they don't track data well enough for my uh, opinion like sometimes mm-hmm. the card will say do this for this I'm like okay and another time the card will say do this for this and it'll say like 50 percent and i'm like okay so one card is tracking percentages and no card is not i need a little bit more clarity for that that being said right. one of the things i really like about the cards is like game help is actually really cool that was actually going to be the, the next thing i talk about because i i don't i've never used game help i don't even know how to access it like i don't know where to go to even like turn that on and like i i just have no experience with it and i don't like how when have you used game help for Kenna? I pulled up oh. game help for Kenna and it gave me exactly the information I needed. It wasn't the most precise. Like this wasn't like a 2009 game facts 
uh, uh, mm-hmm. like a reviewer, like I minute <laughs> detail, but like it pointed right. me in the right direction. I'm like, okay, this is actually really cool. And like with the cards are working correctly, when you're in the area, you you dial into the card. It was like you need help. You go down there, and it'll give you a mini walkthrough. And sometimes it will give you straight up like videos. Like some of the cannon bosses, oh. I walk, I pull up the game help, like uh, yeah. before the fight. It told me exactly what three moves they had. And I'm like, I bet. And I'm really? Like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know what to expect here. So right now, just will my mechanics beat out this boss? Which for me, as a how I play games, wow. Yeah. Huh. That. Wow. Like the fact that you had like that kind of experience with it is really awesome. And it's just it's one of those things where it's just like. I at no point, even when I was having the most difficulty with the bosses, at no point I was like, oh, let me pull up game help. Like, didn't even think, I didn't, I don't even, I didn't even remember that was a thing that I could do on the console. Huh. That's pretty cool. Okay. Um, so I guess, uh, how would you say that? Um, I have a little bit more criticism. Oh, okay, go. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one, they fixed this one, but I think it was super annoying. Is the way they did trophies was so dumb. They did it. Uh, was it vertically? Horizontally? No, it was vertically. Like the data, like yeah, it was vertically. And so, like, if you pulled up a card or something, or you even went mm-hmm. to your trophies, it wouldn't show you the actual trophy description. Like, if you wanted the trophy description, you had to open the trophy drill into the trophy and then you'll see what the exact description was so i think it was way too many steps and i'm like this yeah. is really dumb and annoying i hate this they fix it now everything's horizontal and now when you go into the trophy list it shows you the trophy the trophy name and then it gives you the description all in one mm-hmm. easy page i think the trophy tracker is something that they also added in the when they fixed that with essentially it also fixes my issue with cars not being able to find the right trophy is that mm-hmm. like the first card is usually a trophy card Okay. Just usually random. Oh, yeah, trophy yeah, card. yeah, right, right. Now yeah. it's a random trophy card, but if you put in the trophy tracker, it will track what trophies you specifically tell it to track, and you can easily pull those up in the game without having to drill into the actual trophy menu, which I think is cool. Oh. Uh, but uh, another uh, another criticism I have in this minor, but it's really annoying, is storage. Like the fact that this okay. console launched with a full terabyte and only gives you 600 gigabytes of it, I think is insane. Uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I've I haven't had to really deal with storage too much because I just delete my games. I still I, have Deathloop though. I still have Deathloop. You better turn that on so I can I can kill you and get those trophies. Yeah, but no, like <laughs> it, like I play a lot of games and I play a lot of really big AAA games and mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time getting platinum trophies. But nothing is more mm-hmm. frustrating for me. I know personally that the minute I delete a game from my hard drive, the chances of me going back to that game at any time are zero to none. Like it's just. I have other things to deal with. So right. I like to digitally hoard my games on my hardware, especially in an right. era now where I've gone mostly digital. So it allows me right. to easily jump back and forth between things and like hunt trophies and I get tired and do other things. But now I have to actively fucking like uh, when Far Cry takes up like 60 something gigs and PlayStation does a thing where like it won't let you download something unless you have like double the space required. I think they specifically yeah. do that. And this is, I think it's not them so much it's the way games release now mm-hmm. is that hey here's a 60 gig game cool we're also releasing a day one pass that's about 20 gigs so that's why yeah. they don't let you do that so like you don't want to do a situation where this game might be broken when you play it which i understand yeah. but that also means that i have a hard time with big games 
and such. That's always annoying. They've unlocked storage for that where I can fundamentally go out and buy a 299 gigabyte uh, SSD hard drive and I won't have that problem ever again. But like right now, I'm not financially in a place where I can fucking fade 299 for external hard storage. So yeah. like, this will always be an annoying trait to me. Uh, what else? I probably have some more criticisms, but I can't think of them at the time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we can move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if I had to interact with the storage as much as you do, I could definitely see that being an issue. And it's just right now, I am just kind of like loading a game on, taking it off, loading a game on, taking it off. So I really haven't had like that issue. But uh, the tail end of the PS4, I got a, I think, two terabyte storage hard drive, external hard drive. And I had I had a couple of games on it for the PS4. And like to date, I haven't turned on my PS4 to see what's on the hard drive. So I'm kind of flirting with the idea of just moving that hard drive over to the PS5. But then there's the whole the SSD issue. PS5. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like that's just been a thing where it's just like, man, like, then, I've, hey. I've, I've never used external storage. Like, oh, I've, really? I, no, because like for me, it's one of those things where like one, it's most games can't be played from the external storage. They have to be played mm-hmm. on the game storage. So that's cool the, the game's downloaded but now i have yeah. to go through the right speed of okay i gotta move this game to my like, i don't want to fucking deal with that no, i also roughly. even as a guy who has like fucking 15 uh external storage devices running around my house somewhere they're like <laughs> i probably have like 50 terabytes of external storage in my house i just don't like having something plugged into like the front of my console yeah yeah and then like it takes up a space for like peripherals and things like i like yeah. on my ps4 like i had fucking my double tap on there so i can like do my fucking uh vr i had mm-hmm. my uh, my headset like one i don't understand why they don't have built-in bluetooth like, i don't understand why most devices need external this is not just Seriously. a playstation criticism this is all criticism of consoles i don't understand why yeah. i need the uh usb dongle to attach my playstation branded headset to my playstation console i think that that's something that needs to be solved especially in an era where my controller is fucking wireless entirely i don't understand why mm-hmm. the latest like all my accessories can't be wireless yeah absolutely um all right so what do you hope for in the future of the console what do i hope for yeah i think for the most part i don't it's one of those weird things where, like, I thought when they released the back buttons for PS4 controller, I thought that back buttons oh, was yeah. going to be something that we would get on the DualSense. That's mm-hmm. not a thing we got in the DualSense. And mm-hmm. as much as I would want back buttons, I don't want to deal with the bullshit of DualSense 1 and DualSense 2. This time with back buttons, I think that's dumb, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I wanted that initially. It's not going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can't really think from a software perspective, but from a hardware perspective, like things I want them to change internally because i'm pretty fine with things as they are uh i you always say fucking themes but i think the playstation 5 does a good enough job of of its ui being bespoke enough that like if i open up this page i get a bespoke wallpaper that covers the entire page that is only on that game so i got no issue with that uh Oh, this is goes into our actually this is actually my hope for the future. I want this Discord integration to come sooner than later. Absolutely. Yes. That is th- that is man, I find yeah. the PlayStation Party system to be Discord light. <laughs> it's Discord light, and as a direct result, it's kind of infuriating to use. Like I play mm-hmm. Apex with Sean all the time, and like 
it's not an intuitive experience to jump in and out of parties. I think the oh, way yeah. they exist is really works a lot. But like if it's like four or five people, I think the way their party system works is fine. But it's like literally when it's just you and another person, like this is kind of takes too much time and shit is not clear. So I'm just really yeah. excited for uh, Discord to be integrated and for PlayStation to be the the proud <laughs> proliferator of internet pornography. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So like I I have a couple. Uh, my these are in no particular order. But number one would be, and this is a, a UI thing that. For me, now that I have a baby, it's becoming even more like important. But there is a feature to once you plug in your headphones into the controller, there is a option in the menus that allows you to either switch all audio to the headphones or just chat audio to the headphones. That menu option is not in the quick bar. You have to go to the actual settings and go through there to switch. That makes the audio. a lot of sense. That's one of my issues yeah. playing Apex with Sean is that like I used to just run the sound of the game through the TV and sh- mm-hmm. the sound of comms through my headset. Now mm-hmm. I'm just running them back to the side because like okay that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And something. And it's one of those things where that was in the like the quick menu of the PS4, and it's just like why is this moved all the way here? It, it just becomes such a hassle to like switch everything over just to do like just comms or just like all the audio. And like, as it is right now, I have it set to all the audio because, you know, if London is sleep next to me, I can play the game and not disturb her. But then like, if a friend of mine or whatever, like hits me up on PSN, it's just like, I can barely hear them because everything is going through the same audio channel. And it's just like, uh, I wish I could just quickly switch this over. And then just a hassle. Uh, number two, and it's one of those things where this goes back to the look of the PS5, and I was just like, ugh, I don't really like the fact that it's like white and black like this. Now, at this point, it's growing on me. But then when they released the black and red controller, I was like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll get like official black and red faceplate. No, we've gotten nothing so far. And it, it's one of those things where it's just like, just, just... All your consoles have been black except for the first one. Just give us black. Just you can do a, a classic color faceplate. Like, do something with this, Sony. Like, what are you doing? Like, they they're they're kind of sitting on their hands with it. And then they also target any other place that tries to make custom faceplates. <laughs> so it's just like, what is the move here? I get the move. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I completely I, understand I, why they're doing too. I I thought something else. I kind of want. I want them to expand the PlayStation Plus collection. I don't want it to be Mm. Game Pass. I don't want it to be Game Pass. I want to say this straight up. I don't want it to be Game Pass. But I do think as the PlayStation 5 grows and they release a lot of games with it that lose their tail end of their cycle, it'd be a Mm -hmm. great place to put, like, if we're on the fifth Ratchet game for the PlayStation ecosystem, 100% put that Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart in that collection. Like, I want... I want, oh, it to be, okay. I want it to be a legacy vault for PlayStation hits. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Because, like, right now, they have that collection, but it's, for like... It's like a really, it's all PS4 games, it, right? It's all PS4 games, but it's also the greatest hits of PS4 games. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, like, mm-hmm. if... Because I don't want to bring up a Game Pass argument, but, like, in a pound-for-pound quality, like, that collection, as of when the consoles were released, mm-hmm. kind of shit on hey just get game pass and like oh here's a bunch of game pass games but like mm-hmm. microsoft xbox 360 uh 
catalog for exclusives wasn't hitting really. There's a lot of yeah. old, old content, but like mm-hmm. if you're just someone who bought Paces and Four and you just yeah, it, it was like I, I loved it. I never used it because I already beat and played all those games, so it was completely useless to me. But I think it'd be a really great thing for the growth of their ecosystem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, I would even add to that by saying, like, I don't know what you do, but just do something with PlayStation Now. Like, they've done a good job of moving from PS4 to PS5 to integrating the PlayStation Store into the console. Just like, do something with PS Now. Make like a little app button to like remind people, like, hey, we got this PS Now thing. You know, check it out if you're interested. Like, again, it doesn't have to be Game Pass, but just. Well, PS Now is Game Pass. Let's not uh, split hairs. It is their subscription rental. It's essentially the, from what it started, yeah, where it was like you bespoke yeah. renting games online to where it is now, where it is a library of PlayStation games that you can play on the console that would yeah. uh, it's exactly the same thing. Okay. It's well, just, if that's the case, it's just, it's just lean Game, Pass, into it. Game Pass is just marketed better and Xbox is more willing to make big risks with that as like the pillar right. of their entire thing where PlayStation right. like doesn't want that. They want it to be a secondary source of revenue and people are using it for that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. In that case, leading into it, call it PlayStation Game Pass. Like, don't do what you did with PlayStation All Stars Battle or whatever. Like, make this thing the Smash Brothers clone that it needs to be. <laughs> Technically, it's the other way around. It's like PlayStation oh, Now okay. came out and was like that, and then Game Pass came out and was like that. And like, it's one of those things where like the oh, marketing, really? yeah, the marketing of Game Pass is so strong mm-hmm. that it's also why every time PlayStation Now says something, people just forget it exists. Which is fair. I, I'm, a, I'm the biggest PlayStation head in the world, and I'm not getting PlayStation now anytime soon. It yeah, no, me either. It has no appeal to me, especially when PlayStation Plus, I think, is a more... For my uses, PlayStation Plus makes more sense than PlayStation Now. PlayStation Plus yeah, gives me absolutely. games that are like, I don't have to worry about fucking being taken off the goddamn system every once in a while. It's like, no, the games are yours as long as you have PlayStation Plus, and I have vested interest in PlayStation Plus. There's an argument that they could wrap Now into Plus. Mm-hmm. And it was that would be interesting. I wouldn't Xbox. mind paying extra for that. Well, actually, I wouldn't yeah. mind giving the option to pay extra for yeah. that. Because Xbox got rid of Live and did the exact same thing with Game Pass, and mm-hmm. that, that was a whole weird mess. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them wrapping it into it, because it'd yeah. be one of those things where, like, I'm not going to use it, so... If, if yeah, I, I think they'd have to convince us as to why you want to pay extra for it. Because as it is right now, they haven't really convinced anyone other than the people who are like already about it. So it's just they're going to have to actually pull some weight to actually get us interested into it. Because yeah. as it is right now, no one's really interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, OK, I mean, let, let's wrap up this review. If you were to give a number score of the PlayStation 5's year one out of 10, what would you give it? Year one. Okay, so I'm comparing it to year one PS4 and I'm comparing it to mm-hmm. year one to PS3. I think it's year one is 8.59. Okay, okay. Like in a year where we didn't get Horizon and God of War is a pipe dream, it didn't end with a banger, but like it was such a consistent machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like its first six months were like, here are a bunch of really good games and then it went into its first full year production and they came out at the front with like shot after shot of really really great games 
And then yeah. it sort of coasted towards the end of it with a lot of third party and like time exclusive support. But in terms of just like a year, I really enjoyed my PS5. Like nothing made me happier getting it and then having games to play. This could have easily mm-hmm. been the PS4 situation where I got it. And I'm like, uh, I guess I can play Killzone Shadowfall. I actually really like Killzone Shadowfall. But like that was the hotness at the time. Yeah, I'm probably at a solid 8.5 as well. I think, you know, just going into saying a lot of the same things that you're saying is just that I feel like this year one comparing to the PS4's year one, I just remember a whole lot of Warframe then because that was kind of the only game that really I stuck you remember, to. You remember Contrast? Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> I played that game. I think the studio is now owned by Xbox. Have fun with that. You know what? I actually went back and played that game. Like, I mean, at this point, this was years ago. And I was just like, mm, all right. The game, just, the game is not it's bad. bad. It's just a very, it's, it's like, oh, this is the very first year. Not even first year. Yeah, first, yeah. First week game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I remember. Oh, man. I, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think, um, you know, PlayStation had a really solid year with the PS5, even though there was shortages, even though we were pandemic like they still made it work i i really appreciated the collection that they pulled off or put together really and i think that did very well to correct the mistakes of the ps4 when it launched because when it launched there wasn't really anything that was there was also no backwards compatibility at the time that was another thing the ps5 solved that the ps4 didn't that immediately started with a complete library it's also one of those things where, like, in a year where Microsoft's juggernaut is finally starting to, like, kick off some steam, the conversation is still Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. But in regards to all other real tangible metrics, PlayStation 5 is still the leader of market share. Uh, Xbox is once again doing the thing where they are not talking about their actual console sales at all. However, yeah. they are boasting uh, player count, which I think without a full transparent breakdown of all data... I don't really take stock in. Mm. You can tell. You, yeah. Go ahead. Because like you can tell me 10 million people played a game, which is a lot of people. But mm-hmm. how many of those people virtually bought the game? How much time is those people spending in the game? Right. Uh, it's, it's, and then you get into the weird Netflix math of how does this maintain profitability for your ecosystem going forward? Like it's like it's a lot of things that like I want to see the hard metric data for that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement there too because it is like when you have physical sales or even digital sales, at least you know that many people turned around and bought the game. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you are doing player counts, then it does get kind of you can kind of skew the numbers a little bit because you know if a person just jumps on into the game and they're like, no, I'm done with this, and then you know that's considered yeah. a person or yeah. yeah. Like in like for multiplayer games, player count means absolutely nothing. It's concurrent players. That's the real strength of your ecosystem. Uh, for single player games, it's not even hours played because it's it's completion. That's the metric you want to talk about with single player games. That's why the metrics. I, I always think about just sold through stats. That's how I always think about the success of a game. But I can easily just look at that and say this is a monetary profit that this game is probably taken from this going forward. I don't have to make up numbers to figure right. this out. So I think the PlayStation exactly. 5 is doing really well in that spot. And if their year two is as strong as what we think it's going to be, there is no reason it's going to go down anytime soon. 
Yeah, yeah, I I totally see that. Like in the way that they're selling the consoles, as quickly as they're able to put it on the shelves, people are just buying it up. So there is no stopping this right now, unless you know they do something on their own accord that completely destroys this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, that has been our review. Now let's jump over to where we actually put together the top ten. Press X to start recommended games to play this winter. All right, so we're starting with a fresh slate. Uh, Avery, you go first. What is a game that you recommend people play? Resident Evil 8. <laughs> Good. I, I was going to say that this isn't even going to be like strictly exclusive kind of thing. Yeah, it's not going to be strictly so. exclusive. This is a game that you can just get on PlayStation. And I say yeah. Resident Evil 8, uh, I wasn't on the show when that game came out. So everyone's perspective of that game, I don't even know if you guys even talked about it in any way. <laughs> no. So like, I played all of the modern Resident Evil games, uh, starting with 7, I played 2, 3, uh, 2, 3 Remake, and now 8. 8 is the most fun Resident Evil game I've ever played. Okay. Like, one of the criticisms they got for 7 was it was too scary, so they decided to ratchet down the fear. Te- like, it's no, it's no longer as, like, I'm gonna shit myself scary as 7 was, but it, it still keeps a consistent fucking scary atmosphere. It works, but it's also a mechanically st- a good enough game where, like, no threat shows up, and I was just like, well, I can't beat this. I just can't beat right. this. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm like, I always feel prepared to do that. It's super fun. It's a, I think, I think the best description of it, it's a theme park of horror. Hmm. Every area of that game is a little taste of a different type of horror experience. That's really good. The RE engine is fantastic. Uh, it's really it was my game of the year for half the year until other games came out. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Eight. Uh, you will not go wrong playing RE Eight this year. Okay, okay. Uh, I am going to go ahead and throw in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, I feel like that is the quintessential showpiece people stopper game that you put on like if you have a nice tv that does hdr and has all the bells and whistles like that is the perfect game to put on like you don't even have to play you can sit there and watch it like it is so pretty um you know if you like ration and clank you're gonna like this game uh even if you don't like ration and clank this is one of those games where you don't necessarily need the history with this they do a good job at the beginning of like just quickly giving you a brief overview of who these characters are what the relationship is and like like what they really mean to each other and then you know stuff kicks off um yeah i mean again like i i would probably say it is one of the most pretty games this year right i mean because yeah yeah no yeah 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 i was forgetting myself but yeah absolutely um yeah 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 i don't i don't think i need to say any more to that what about you uh ghost of tsushima director's cut ghost of tsushima is one of the best games of the ps4 uh, the director's cut is just more Ghost of Tsushima. So if the, if the PS5 is your first console and you probably missed Ghost of Tsushima and Ghost of Tsushima isn't in the PlayStation collection because it came out so late when that was announced. So this is, this would give you that game plus all the DLC plus Legends, which is like, if you want pound for pound, a really great experience, uh, that is something to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was totally going to say that. And... um. I thank you for saying that. I am going to say the Marvel Spider-Man remastered. Does that does that come with Miles Morales too, right? Or no? No, you have to buy the PS5 version of Miles Morales and it will come with Get. Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay, that one. Get that one. <laughs> um yeah, like Miles Morales was for me a really really good game. Um I love the story. It's one of those things where, like, if you like Spider-Man, 
Marvel Spider-Man was probably the best Spider-Man game to date, maybe? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think, like, in terms of mechanics and just, like, web-slinging, they approved upon it because they added... Um, damn, what is it? What is it? What is it? The... Uh, Ah, I can't remember <laughs> the uh, the swagger, the the black swagger, whatever that reporter called. <laughs> but yeah, like Miles Morales is, is just a great game to play. Um, Avery, when you play it, uh, you know you could probably give your impressions on it. I'll play it eventually, maybe. I don't know. I'll pull a Jordan. I'll say I'll play it. Right? <laughs> Watch it on YouTube. Oh man. But yeah, it's it's a great game. And um, you know, you also get the Spider-Man remastered with that bundle. So you get the best of both worlds. And there's a bunch of extra suits that you get with that too. And they're still adding suits to it too. So no. Yeah, they're still adding suits to it. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh next, I would say it takes two. Mm. It takes two is in the very, very small genre of dedicated co-op games, It Takes Two is the pinnacle of that game. It is essentially a series of a hundred different games, like, stitched together in a really fun and kind of dark emotional story of a parent's divorce and their child coping with it. Uh, me and Marcus have been playing it together. Uh, I'm not going to talk about why we haven't finished the game. He knows why. <laughs> have fun with your life. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But no, yeah, it's I. It takes two is the most fun I had in a co-op experience. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. Right now, uh, me and my wife are currently playing it. Uh, we were actually supposed to play a little last night, but we ended up just watching more Jurassic. Um, it takes two is a great game, and it's very fascinating to watch the couple like talk to each other and like have the certain arguments that it's just like. Like the uh, the vacuum cleaner argument where like she was supposed to fix it and he was just like, this is why it's over here because you didn't fix it. Now we're fighting this thing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's, that's a typical argument. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number six, this could be contested by one Avery. You son of a bitch. It's like that. <laughs> I, I would say Riders Republic. Riders Republic, the reason why I would put this on this list is because I think out of all of the Ubisoft games, the whole uh, checkpoint thing that they do, I think Riders Republic is the best place for it because the system of racing works in this game. And the, the level of like, oh, let me go do my daily stuff. Oh, let me go make sure I do this. Oh, let me go to this uh, waypoint and like, um, not really like climb the tower like an Assassin's Creed, but it still does the whole like, oh, this is the scenery. Look, check this out. Like, I think all that is handled really well in this game on top of the game just being really, really fun to play. Like once you get ingrained with like how the things control and how you have to just switch your your mindset to like, OK, well, now I'm in a squirrel suit. So let me control this way. Like the game is just a blast to play like. I actually had one of my most memorable moments of the year playing this game. And it's one of those things where, like, when I first uh, talked about it on the cast, I was really down about the squirrel suits, about the rocket wing, because it's just like, I don't understand how to control this. Like, I'm trying to control it with the camera. And it's just like, it's just a mess. Like, I'm flying everywhere. I don't know where I'm going. But, like, once I realized that, like, I just need to 
calm down and control it with the left stick and just the left stick, everything was just smooth. And like I flew up to the top of this like giant mountain and I switched over from my rocket wing to my wingsuit and I just glided down the whole mountain. And the way that you get points with the wingsuit is that you have to get as close to something as possible. Of course, not crashing. But the closer you get to something and the longer you do it, the more points you rack up. So you end up building a combo by like testing yourself, like how close can I get to this thing without completely wrecking myself? And it like it becomes a thing where it's just it's super tense, but also relaxing because you're just like going down this mountain. You're like zooming through trees. You're zooming over rocks. You're diving under bridges, and you're also seeing people like do like the extreme bike stuff, doing like snowboarding stuff, and other people doing rocket wing and squirrel suits. And it's just like this is awesome. So yeah, like if you are interested in any way in like extreme sports, so if you're interested in snowboarding, you're interested in BMX, you're interested in, I guess the rocket wing. There's not really a sports for that, but like yeah, I would say definitely check this game out. Okay, so my next game is Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Mm. That game at its first release, we were all like, "This is amazing. This looks like what PlayStation Five should be doing." We played it, and I'm like. This 100% looks like PlayStation 5 should be doing. 100% does not play like what PlayStation 5 should be doing. But that's not me <laughs> dissing the game. It's me telling you what type of experience it is. It is an old school PS2 platformer with the uh, trappings and uh, uh, wrappings of a PlayStation 5 experience. It's, mm-hmm. It was one of the most surprising games I had this year in regards to how much fun I had with it and how much it pushed me as a player and how, and in terms of fun I had as an experience. There are some bullshit things involved with that game. Yeah. That, like, dock it, in my opinion, but in terms of the experience itself, Canada is 100% a game that if you have a PS5, you should check out and play. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, okay, my next game is... what? Okay. Avery, because I haven't beat this game, but I, I enjoyed my time with it, but I just didn't, I didn't devote myself to actually just, like, finishing the game out. But I want to put Hades on this list. Okay, yes, 100%. 100%. Hades is one of the best games ever made. Like, period. I love Super Giant games. I love their work. And yeah, Hades, definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what he's saying, like, Hades is a great game. The art style is absolutely lovely. It is a roguelike game where um, you are essentially trying to escape hell or you're trying to get out of hell. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that in terms of the story. Uh, In terms of the gameplay, Although it's roguelike, you essentially have the run of about six weapons, maybe. And after each run, you collect the currency, use that currency to essentially upgrade your character a little bit. So you're able to progress a little further every time in the open or almost out of world in the roguelikeness of the game. But yeah, totally. How about you, Avery? Okay, so I'm torn with my fifth choice. I'm Mm -hmm. picking two games for two different reasons. Okay. Uh, you, you understand why? Mm-hmm. One is Returnal. The other is Deathloop. Returnal okay. is a hard as shit game. Deathloop is not. So this is where the delation goes <laughs> in regards to like why I'm putting them up against each other. Uh, Returnal mm-hmm. is one of the most interesting PlayStation 5 games that came out this year in terms of scope, uh, design, uh, uh, gameplay, everything. Like it is, a, it is a rogue game. Not a roguelite, but it's a mm-hmm. rogue shooter with an interesting alien world perspective, uh, world perspective is also a game that demands the most attention to you. So it's one of those things where I'd recommend it if you're willing to uh, bite your lip and like break your controller a couple of times. 
Deathloop, <laughs> conversely, is a game where there is no real mechanical challenge to it. The game isn't really demanding unless you are an idiot when you play it. But it's all about its design philosophy and how you structure your play of that game that where it gets its, uh, uh, where it gets its, uh, it's en- your enjoyment out of it. It's how yeah. you plan every one of that game to get it, to get through it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're both kind of rogue if games, so that's an interesting perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I put them both up there, either or. It's just, it depends on your taste. Do you want something hard or do you want something more, more casual but it's going to ask a bit more of you to get to the ending in terms okay. of like not not just gameplay. Right. Funny enough, this actually makes this a lot easier. I was going to say Deathloop. <laughs> okay, well, we got both of them on this list. There you go. Yeah. So the, the reason, although like I have not beat Deathloop, um, eventually I am going to go back and finish that up. Like overall, the stuff that I played, I enjoyed it. I think I just jumped off for another game. I just haven't been back yet. Um, yeah, I think Deathloop is a great game. I love how they do the story beats in game or like how uh, the character is like talking to himself in a way and like you see things appear on screen at different points or whatever. Like, I think the relationship between um, shoot, what's his name? What's his Colt? Name? Uh, Colt. Yeah, Colt and Juliana, right? Yeah. Yeah. OK, I, I like their relationship, like because I haven't beat the game, I don't know exactly know everything that went on between them and how that actually is resolved. Um, in terms of gameplay, I enjoyed it. It was one of those things where I was coming to grips with how the game is supposed to be played. Like, you know, you're, you're aiming down iron sights. I'm not really a fan of iron sights, but like, you, get, you don't necessarily you get, have to do that. Yeah, certain guns, you can unlock perks and then certain guns come with perks. You find them in the levels. So certain yeah. guns, especially uh, like the rifle, because like iron sights, when you first pick up a rifle, you're just aiming with iron sights, and so it's a it's a really powerful weapon. But aiming is more of a skill based thing. You get right. some guns will come with scopes. Some guns will just zoom in when you uh, go down iron sight. So it's no scope. Oh. It just zooms in for you. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's actually good to know. Um. So yeah, like it's a really great game. And on top of everything, the main character is a black person, and it's like. That's one thing that, you know, a lot of us has shouted out from the roofs. Like, just give us, just give us a game or a black person. And like, like it, it's, it's not just give us a game with a black character. It's right. Do not do the bullshit of you can make your character a black character. No, this right. character oh is implicitly a black <laughs> character. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. And like, you know, he is, he's not a caricature. Like, he is a, you know, a normal black guy for the most part that has a job that he just has a little bit of amnesia. And, uh, you know, he's going to get out of this because he wants to go to Chick-fil-A like most black people. So let's just, you know, let this man live. We're not a monolith. I don't, I don't go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. How about Popeye's? <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no retort to that. I'll eat Popeye's. All right. All right. I'll make an edit. Uh, edit out Chick-fil-A and put in Popeye's. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I, I enjoyed my time playing that game. But yeah, okay, so that has been our top 10 games. Number one, we have Resident Evil 8. Number two, we have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Number three, we have Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Number four, we have Marvel's Miles Morales Spider-Man. Or I guess Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, number five, we have It Takes Two. Six, we have Riders Republic. Seven, we have Ken and Bridge of Spirits. Eight, we have Hades. Nine, Returnal. And ten, Deathloop. 
So make sure you check out those games and let us know what you think of them when you play them. Any of them, really and truly. Or, you know, any other games that you're playing. Let us know. We, we actually might have missed something that is an actual gem. So let us know. Uh, well, with that being said, this There are certain been... games that I know are gems. I didn't put them on there because I didn't want to ask okay. a lot of people. I mean, you know, me too. Me too. No. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a gem. If you can't get at least one other person on this podcast to say, oh, it's a good game, then it's not a gem. I'm sure I could pay Cameron enough. <laughs> He'll do it for money. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a episode of Press X to Start podcast. Press X to review the PlayStation 5 year one and the top 10 games you should play for the PS5 once you get it this holiday season, if you're lucky. So we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget to rate reviews on your favorite podcasting apps and also like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. That's our channel. If you miss any of this, you can find all the details and more on our website at pressxnumber2start.com. Until next time, make sure you take care, make sure you wash your hands, and enjoy the holiday break if you are into celebrating Christopher Columbus and, and how he completely wrecked the um, nope, Native that's population. not Thanksgiving. It's <laughs> 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 not Thanksgiving. You think of Columbus Day. You, you funked third grade world history is what I'm learning right now. Wait, so you don't you don't say cheers to Christopher Columbus on Thanksgiving? No. For wrecking the no? No. Have, have I been lied to? First of all, I have a traditional African family, so we only celebrate Thanksgiving <laughs> because it's something we get off for, so we're just gonna fucking do it. There's, right. <laughs> there's no American pride in that. <laughs> You're not wrong on that. <laughs> all right, y'all. Peace and be safe. Take care. Deuces. <laughs>